Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Welcome to the Story Studio. Oh yeah, here we go. Check it out now. Welcome to the Story Studio, a podcast for an independent publishing company that explores the world of self-publishing, independent art, and the future of storytelling. My name is Luke Condo MK, and I'm joined by my regular co-host, a Mr. Adam Wilcox. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, I wanted you to to join in. Yeah, I got it. I, I nailed it. It was easy. Boom. Although I lost confidence a little bit halfway through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think after how many episodes has it been now? 34, 35 or something like that. I feel like I feel like the intro should be nailed now. I feel like it should be deeply embedded within your soul. It is. It's uh it's emblazoned on there. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, man, what have you been up to? What have you been uh what have you been up to today? Today, um I have been at work. It's been glorious. Um but no, I've been cracking away. At, it's been a bit. It's been a bit of a weird couple of weeks because I've been doing a lot of planning and I've been doing a lot of just behind the scenes stuff and not so much writing, which in a little yeah. bit makes me sad. But at the same time, some of the stuff that I'm getting involved in is quite exciting. Um, so I've been working away at Cipher, which is the uh, audio drama that I think I mentioned months and months and months ago, um, and finally got the wheels in motion, and that's all starting. And we will have some news very very soon on. Um, getting that going through Kickstarter to get it funded and getting that up as an actual show up on iTunes, which I'm very, very excited for. You, I sent over the first episode to you, didn't I, some time ago? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't think so. Did I not? No. Well, I, <laughs> well I'll, I'll have to send it over to you at some point. But, um, how long have you had yeah, that for? Like, how long have you been sitting on that nugget of gold for? Oh, probably a good six months or so. Um, oh, wait, do you mean the script? I'm, the script? I'm sure I've, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought for some reason for a second I was like, Hang on, so you really just cast it? Um, I no, thought you actually had like no. a finished pilot episode. Oh, a hundred percent pilot. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> to be fair, I don't, I don't think we'll be too far off. We've had the first, um, the pilot part from the initial actors come through today, just their raw audio. So we're just waiting on Carl the magician to put them together and do some magic. So we've got something tangible to show you guys on the Kickstarter itself. Um, so yeah, I'm very, very excited about that moving forward and our, having our first serial drama for Hawk and Cleaver. It's just a bit yeah, first like uh, uh, sideways splintering off the other stories. Yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah. I, I want to do, especially I want to do, it'd be not interesting to see how this goes because I want to do more of it and I want to get like yeah. lots of this kind of thing going on because the other story is still our best thing. Like it's still our biggest yes. audience reach. So it's, there's still so much more we can do there, I think. And we are trying. Like, it's not it. like uh, we're like just uh, sucking our thumbs. Like we are. Yeah, yeah. Well, you are at the minute. You're you're doing a lot of stuff in the background here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we all are. We're all sort of trying to up it each time with our stories. Um, sending good we're thoughts. trying to constantly. Yeah, <laughs> we're trying to keep it fresh. Um, yeah. I'm forever in talks with Carl about things that we can do to kind of tweak things and make it better for for the listener, for you guys. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's long overdue having something like this. 
I think it'll be interesting to see how it is received by the other stories audience because um, obviously we've got a big fan base that enjoy the stories that we do even though they are self-contained so having that option for people to really get their teeth stuck into a longer story um, I, I, I just think it's quite exciting and it's, it's a nice mm. challenge for me because it'll be the first serial thing that I've written to this length um, and it does take a slightly different direction to the other stories and that the other stories are obviously sort of um, overview narrated as opposed to really being involved in the drama and what I really want this to be is like if you close your eyes you're actually in there with the action you've got the sound effects you're sort of living it through the characters so yeah all that moving forward yeah sounds good um it's, it's nice it's been nice to see um there's been like an uptick in just conversation with the audience from the other stories don't you think like I've seen on Facebook yeah in the group more people are just just talking about how they're listening to the episodes or asking like writing advice or we get a lot more reviews on iTunes for some reason um we've got yeah I'm not I'm not too sure what's happening that's, that's changed I literally have no idea um yeah it just seems to be the last couple of weeks but it's absolutely refreshing to see um because it's not like it's, it's like we've got a core group of people that get involved a lot and if you're listening to this we love you guys um but yeah we've had quite a few people just drop into the Facebook group uh I'm not sure how they might have found it or what they're doing there because we don't like strangers but it's nice to have them I'm, I'm only kidding we love having them there but yeah it's, it's nice to have input from you guys hearing your thoughts um i mean we're i think the good thing about me you matt and ben are that we're always happy to just give advice just to chat to people and just to generally be here because at the end of the day we we produce entertainment for you guys it's nice to, to hear it back yeah yeah definitely yeah man uh, it'd be very interesting so when so the Kickstarter, do you want to, so guys, this episode is going to be a bit of a catch-up. There isn't a guest, there isn't a surprise. <laughs> Me and Dan are just going to be chatting. It's been a while since we've done one of these episodes where we just uh, sort of catch up with where we're at, what we're working on, and um, mm. you know, relax a little bit. I've got a can of iron brew and half a bottle of water. I have, <laughs> I have a, a steaming mug of Horlicks. Horlicks, really? Horlicks, oh yeah. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've had Horlicks. Years, even. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Were you legal at the time? I was legal. Is this? A, did you have it in America? Do you think? Uh, I honestly couldn't tell you. I don't think they have Iron Brew. Have you ever been to? No. Have you ever been to Scotland? No, I haven't. Okay. Well, uh, Iron Brew, like it's you know it's not it's big here in the sense that in in pretty much every shop it'll be like Coke, Diet Coke. Cherry Coke, whatever other types of Coke, vanilla Coke, and then you'll have Iron Brew as well with with the others. And then, but in yeah. Scotland, Iron Brew is the Coke. Like everything is Iron Brew. Like all the different bottle sizes and stuff, and um, different types of Iron Brew. Um, and then, uh, and then you have like the one the one type of Coke. It's very strange. Yeah, I uh, I came across a cheapo version of Iron Brew the other day called Actual Iron Brew. I R O N. B R E W, and I found it funny how normally if you have a product and people want to make a cheaper version, they turn it into a slang language and remove letters. Yeah. But I like how they kind of took the opposite approach yeah. and just made it proper. Yeah, I always, they always say there's a secret ingredient in Iron Brew that I've, I've no idea what it is. I don't even know what flavor it is. Like rust, <laughs> sugared rust. Um, yeah, it's kind of like Coke or uh, tequila. You can't describe the taste of tequila. Uh no, you can't. Fire, 
I like tequila. Tequila is <laughs> one of the spirits. Especially like a tequila slammer. Each of those ingredients on their own, salt, lime or lemon, or and the tequila itself, <laughs> they're kind of um, very intense on their own. But when you sort of do them in a quick succession, it's actually quite nice. You get yeah, like, yeah. sweet sweet and salty and, and uh, a bit fiery. It's, it's a nice little cocktail. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Um, but yeah, <laughs> going back to writing stuff. Okay. Yeah. How's, uh, how's Keith going? Keith. Oh, yeah. Tell us a bit about Keith. So Keith um, was a short film I made two years ago. I, think, I don't know if I told the guys or not. About two years ago. Um, and it did very well. Well, mm. for me and for, for what I've done before, this was like um, way better. So it you know, it won awards, it's played all over the world, it's um it's got me invited to people have actually paid for me to fly out to places to well, the one place, Germany, <laughs> to um go and screen it. But like that's that's that sort of thing doesn't really happen. And it's um so Keith did very, very well. And then I've been in a bit of a filmmaking um kick this past sort of few months and then decided, right, Keith, I made the short film, there's really no excuse why I shouldn't be making the feature film. It's it's a, the way the film's made is means that I don't need a big budget, although money obviously helps. All I need is effort and time, and the willingness to sort of actually see it through and get and get it made. And it'd be nice to sort of have a feature film made, even a zero budget one. Some of my favourite feature films are like uh, Primer, that was made like uh, seven grand, very very little like film budget really. Um, well, it's the Evil Dead, the original Evil Dead that was made on a shoestring budget. And I love these films because they're always calling cards for getting other films made. So I kind of figure if we get Keith made as a feature film, make it as good as I can get, make it, it will get us guys into the room where I can go in there and go, look, look we've got the other stories here. We've got these novels, they brought. You know what I mean? It'd be, it'd be nice to sort of have that calling card. So that's what I've been working on mostly. I've actually got a few things I'm working on at the minute. Um, yeah, you seem quite busy. Yeah, but Keith is uh at the minute I'm writing I've I've made the first five minutes of like demo film. So this is like uh in, in game design you sort of have like the alpha and then you have the beta and so I guess this this is like the alpha. So it's it's wireframe designs, it's um it's not coloured in. It's just like a sketch. It's the vomit draft as it were. So mm. I've got the first five minutes of that and I'm I've got the first ten pages of screenplay um done and i've got the full outline written so the next step for me is to write the screenplay and i want to get that done before november because nanorimo is coming in november and i want to be yes i want to be prose orientated for november yeah yeah it feels like it's been a little bit of a while since i've got my teeth stuck into some proper prose proper prose yeah but proper prose proper but prose yeah proper prose. <laughs> but do you um what's your kind of time frame that you're working with on keith well so I want to do it in a year. I want to have like a finished version of the film done in a year to screen. Maybe do a, do a screening in Manchester or, or even London. I don't know yet. Um, but at the minute bef- for this for this year, for the, what's left of this year, I want to have a finished screenplay. I want to have the first 10 minutes done. Um, I've kind of cast the lead role. Uh, do I need to sort of uh, you know, sign on the dotted line for that and make sure... Uh, the guy who's I've got in mind is willing to do some of the stuff I want him to do. 
<laughs> and um all right <laughs> yeah yeah it's a porno yeah that's what we <laughs> no. um but yeah so i want to have the first 10 minutes like done uh, and then i want to go into the into the next year and sort of have an i'll have like eight months to um do all of the filming bits and then i'll and then edit because it's the main thing of this film is just going to be editing because it's so yeah, yeah, yeah. edit heavy like it's it's more of an animation in some ways, so I'm just going to be spending the rest of that time doing that. But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see it as as a, the way I write a novel is I do, I do a vomit draft, and then I go over and and do like a first draft, and then do another edit of, and do like the second draft, and then start you know getting beta readers in. I'm kind of trying to do it in the same the same process for, for this filmmaking, which is a little bit strange, but yeah, these are weird. It times. makes complete sense. Yeah. Though. yeah. And how are you juggling that with some of the other stuff? Because I know that a lot of the listeners and even some of the commenters we've had on the Facebook group this week uh, made a point about just juggling projects and time. Mm. So obviously you work a full-time job. I work a full-time job. What is it? How are you splitting your time at the minute to try and deal with this as well as um, what are the other things you're working on? You're also doing book three of the Rock series. Yeah, They Ruin. Oh, did we told, have we yep. told that title before? <laughs> they Ruin. No, but I, I, I there's no okay. problem with it. Yeah, uh, so I'm working on a day ruin that needs the first draft of that. I'm thirty five thousand words in, and I think it's going to come to around. It's going to be a bit of a longer. It's going to be like ninety thousand words, I think. This novel. Um, oh, okay. El Marvo issue two. Got to work mm-hmm. on that. Um, and I've also got. So this is all for the, for this year. For the end of this year, I want to have um, the key screenplay. First ten minutes of Keith. They ruin. Good to go. El Marvo issue two. Ready to start the crowdfunder. And also because um, I'm falling behind a little bit on like I wanted to publish at least six books this year, I'm going to write a quick ten thousand word novella, which I've already started on. Um, nice. Uh, just to get that out for Christmas, just to sort of up the sort of the publishing goals there. But um, yeah, so at the minute I'm just writing a thousand words a day, and also doing the key stuff. So the thousand yeah. words a day I can do before work. I would try to anyway. I don't always make it. But it's not too difficult. It's difficult enough where it's like, you know, it's conscious effort and I need to tick the box and, and get it done. But it's the kind of thing where you just kind of do it, get it out of the way, and then you can move on, you go to work, and then after work you can do the other stuff. So I can And how much time do you allow yourself for that thousand words? It takes about half an hour normally. Oh wow. You're a fast writer. Well, well, I say half an hour. Sometimes I'll get to like five hundred words, and I'll just be really struggling. But then, if I just spend another, spend a pom, spend a pomodoro, tomato, yeah, yeah, yeah. on it in the evening, <laughs> I'll um, I'll be able to get it done. But yeah, it's, it's what I, yeah. So so I've been running a lot as well, and uh, so I did a ten k the other day, and about congrats, thank you. So about halfway through, I was, I was thinking, I don't know if I'm going to have to do this. I hadn't eaten much that day. I wasn't really that prepared to be honest. I just kind of thought. I'll start it and then we'll see we'll see how we get on. But at like about halfway through I was really not feeling good. My cheek was numb for some reason. I don't know, my, my face started <laughs> to go a bit numb. My legs are like killing me. And I just felt like really lightheaded. I was like, I don't know if I could do this. And then I just kind of um said I let's turn my music off and I just concentrated on my breathing and I just like just look down at your feet and just just keep moving. And um I did that until the very end. Like it and I kind of feel like this is the same with writing, with like getting stuff done in the day. There's so many times you sit down and then you're worried about, I've got so much to do. Do you know what I mean? I've got so yeah. much further to go today. 
But if you just sort of sit down, set the timer, don't focus on the end of the road. Focus on what's right here, right now. I need to write a sentence, and then sort of push through one word at a time, and you will hit the will hit the targets. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I need to take some of that advice on board at the minute because uh, I I had a promotion at work about six weeks ago, five six yeah. weeks ago. Congratulations! And just since then, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Obviously, with that comes an extra load of workload, um, an extra load of challenges. Mm. And since that promotion, I've been getting stuff done, but nowhere near as efficient as I had before. Yeah. Um, and I'm also, I mean, I've been kind of playing around with lifestyle choices and well, uh, well-being, wellness. Yeah. Stuff. Um, just to try and get, because I know I was, I was committing a lot of writing time in the morning. I was mm. going to work. I was coming home and just spending time with my son and then in the evenings not really doing a whole lot and a lot of that itself wasn't um i wasn't giving myself time to sort of stop and just think and reflect and at the same time i wasn't really i mean i cycled to and from work but for me because that's now a regular fixture i don't feel like that's helping my fitness as much as i want it to so i've started taking up running and doing some of that stuff as well but i'm still at that point where because i'm throwing all these things in together the the days vary slightly i'm trying to reach that equilibrium of what is the most effective time to get up time to start writing time to go out jogging how far do i go for and all these other things um which yeah. is it's a bit of a learning curve but i mean i'm i'm happy that i'm still getting things done i just need to refine that a bit more and just yeah get so, a bit so more it's done. a struggle like right now I, I i'd really like to get to the point like i've got this ideal day this perfect ideal day in my mind yeah and it never quite works out like how i wanted <laughs> to like for example so ideally i'd like to get up really early take alaska for like a quick half an hour walk come back sit down drink my coffee do my journaling morning journaling and then start doing a pomodoro of of, of writing but it never quite yeah. works out like that like I'll, I'll i'll get up a little bit later and think i can't take alaska out for as long as the walk so i'll do my writing now and then she'll start barking and chaos quickly ensues and then like <laughs> and then like oh my god i'm 10 minutes late for work it's um it's always a struggle and like you're kind of working towards that perfect day, but I don't know. It, it, I, don't, I, think, I don't think it's ever going to be perfect. I think there's always going to be nah. things spanners for. You know, I was just thinking about the big rocks and the little rocks, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something I've had to come back to. This is something we said at the start of the year, where yeah, way back in January. Yeah, yeah, and that's something I think I forgot at some point, or or didn't forget, but kind of lost sight of how important it is. And I'm trying to get back to that. Yeah, I think that's my thing. Is I'm. I got into a habit of doing a lot of, say, setting up Kickstarter stuff in the morning, or um, we just put together the. It's not out for release, or well, it's kind of out for release. I'm just going to say it anyway. But the four years worth of um, the other stories collections, our first year collection is now out, um, available with print copy on Amazon. Um, I've been putting stuff like that together, but I know that I've almost been excusing myself in the morning and doing that stuff, which mentally is easier to do because it requires less conscious thought to actually sit down and write a story yeah. and then almost like patting myself on the back for that instead of sitting down in the morning and going okay write the words that are going to build up that that catalog behind you yeah um but yeah like like you say it's, it's an everyday sort of struggle and no day's going to be the same and i think there has to be enough flexibility in any routine that even if you only write five ten minutes and you wanted to do an hour you need to recognize that you've done something because yeah. I, I still remember like I mean, it was probably only about a year ago that I wasn't in any kind of writing routine. Um, 
No, it's just over a year ago, because obviously when it came down to doing the rot and Lazarus and everything, that's, that was when I really got my ass in the seat. But before that, it was similar. I'd, I'd slip in about 20 minutes of writing at lunchtime, and that would be it for the day. And I'm still finding about, I don't know, two hours of work done to each day, even if it's not entirely creating new fiction. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, there's so many things that we're going to end up spending our time doing. It, it, like, it sounded like sort of piddling little bits of projects and not really like getting any sort of full-on creative flow do you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a sucker for that like just end up updating my website and not actually doing anything to it <laughs> like yeah. nothing is that important anyway no that's it i think yeah just trying to keep sight of that because my i need to re-identify my big projects i'm working on at the minute and i'll call it out on on this podcast just so people can hold me accountable if they choose to hmm. um which I think is a good way of moving forward. But so my my big things at the minute are Cypher, which I'm very excited and I'm going to put up a Kickstarter on the first of November. That's going to happen. Um so from the first of November you'll be able to pledge um even just a pound towards making this show happen. Um and it'll run for thirty days. Then have you thought about um sorry to just jump in. Doing, no, no, um, go on. We could put the first episode, the pilot episode or like a teaser on the other stories feed on um, Halloween. We could do. And then as we a Halloween episode, and then say, this is for the Kickstarter. You know, it's like a little bonus episode. I think that would work very well. Because, yeah. yeah, I was thinking of putting it somewhere on that feed, even if it was a sample. Or, I yeah. think the whole thing, the first episode would definitely work. Um, so, yeah, that could work. And then on top of that is keeping up with the other stories podcast. I want to up some of the production value on that and get more actors involved because we've got a lot of narrators and actors behind that now. Um, obviously, They Ruin is chugging along with that and I will grab you for five, ten minutes after this podcast as, or we finish wrapping up this podcast just because I've got a couple of ideas on some things with that which I think you might like. Um, cool. And the, the third one, um, which I think I've alluded to a project I'll be working on but I haven't actually announced it yet is that I'll, I am uh, working on a brand new series with Michael Andalai and Anderley and um, some of the other guys in the Cathirian Gambit series, which is all very exciting. Um, I'm putting in at the minute. I'm just planning the books for that and just working with some of the guys to make the stories fantastic and putting that forward. So there's quite a lot of big things going on, but I know that I want to get Cypher running so we can just get cracking with that. Get they ruined, published, and out there by the end of the year would be awesome. Yeah. Keep rolling with the other stories, and then obviously get these series of books planned um and get them out because that's going to be quite an exciting one yeah lots of lots of stuff to do yes <laughs> and also work a brand new promotional job yeah it's interesting like so you look at, think about that this is like a massive mountain of work but then you just got to yeah. look down at each feet <laughs> you just got to put one foot forward and that's um you've got to kind of enjoy that as well i think just try and enjoy that process yeah i think that's the important part don't I mean, the good thing about most of these is the only person putting deadlines on them are myself or me and you for, for some of these books. Yeah. Um, and I think I think self-imposed deadlines are great. I think they're really good at pushing you forward, but I think also to always remember to allow yourself that flexibility because that's one of the benefits of doing stuff for yourself is that you're not going to tear your hair out over something that ultimately you can move. I'm be able to. <laughs> Or bold. <laughs> well, and you've ripped half your beard off. <laughs> it's half out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So what, what else are you working on? Because you've got so Keith, you've got they ruin. Yeah. What? Well, so you've I was going to say. So uh, I was, was going to try and NaNoWriMo in November. Um, I think that's when I'm going to finally sort of sit down and finish this first draft because mm. um, I think that's that's a good deadline. To, well, not it's sort of a deadline. Um, a good accountability system, anyway. So I always seem to do all right in NaNoWriMo. I always seem to. Um, get them done and I don't know what it's about it but it seems to work for me so I'm going to do it again and this is a good opportunity for me to do that are you doing NaNoWriMo this year? I'm going to put some stuff towards NaNoWriMo yeah. <laughs> I'd like to put like a complete project obviously I'll be running the Kickstarter then but yeah. I'll probably I might just make a bit of a smaller word count for myself um, like a 30k maybe yeah because I do I do also want to I want to write a short story I've got an idea for a short story I do want to publish for Halloween yeah, just out of my back, but yeah, um, yeah, I think Nanarimo would be a good one. So short stories, are you? Um, how how? So I know you do obviously stories for the other stories, but how often are you writing short stories? Uh, not that often at the minute. Um, mostly just the ones for the other stories right now. Yeah. But like I say, I've got ideas brewing for ones that I want to do. Um, also, just while I remember, yeah. have you? Because we can talk about this now, I think. Have you got your? Um, did you get an email through about the short story for the post-apocalyptic collection? Uh, yeah. So he's going to publish it in November or something, right? Is that does that sound right? Yeah, yeah. It's just just feeding the story back. Yeah, I just didn't know whether you got the email or not. Yeah. So that's for his name's the editor's uh, Gregory Allen Cook, and it's for post-apocalyptic anthology that both me and Dan are involved in that yes. we're not really in charge of it's very much this uh, gregory's project but it's nice mm. to be included and um it's called chaos of hard clay um that was a short story i think i wrote for the other stories and it was just far too long and then i just yeah. sort of started submitting it to um to various sort of publications after that mm. yeah and we, we seem to both have just got lucky with the same the same collection but we're excited to have that on the shelf yeah yeah um yeah man I, I love short stories i think i definitely prefer writing short stories to novels in some ways i don't know short stories for me it, are just um incredibly fun to write especially when they work it's yeah it's instant gratification yeah yeah it's, it's not it's not that slaving away for months or weeks or however long it takes you to write a, a novel um before you actually get to that satisfying part of saying the end, I mean, you can crack out a, a short story in an afternoon in a couple of days, yeah. Um, and 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 you're golden. You've got something that you can present to people. So, I just you know, do weird, like you know, the, like weirder stuff as well. I think so. With a novel, like <laughs> I suppose you could do like a, a very weird idea if you're doing like a bizarro novel or something. But um, it's very difficult to make that seem realistic. So, for example, like, I've got an idea for a short story. I had it when I was taking last ground for a walk earlier. There used to be, um, when I was a kid, I used to live on a, like a little cul-de-sac and there were these garages and there used to be like a little path, like a little, it's like a wedge behind the garages where you could walk through, crawl through these bushes, go, it's like a, it's walking for, in, like, like walking to another world and then you go, keep going and eventually you'd come out on the, like the neighbouring estate, like it would like open up into that and I was like, okay, so what if like some kids went into that and then the, the gap started to close whilst they were in there? <laughs> And it's like, um, oh, wow. I was like, that's a weird story. And I like, obviously like maybe like a kid would get left behind and crushed or whatever. 
But like you could never do that in a novel. Like just have them in a garage, like a, a wall that was closing for no reason. But because of short story, like you can just kind of do these absurd ideas. I don't know. Moments. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because if it was a novel, it would more likely be you'd have to expand on this entire story behind it and everything else. But you can allow yourself those snippets, those frames into the Sketches. story. That Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I do think it's quite... Short stories are quite a beautiful thing as well. Um, it's just letting... I, I tend to find that with short stories, I'll more often than not pants them than I will a novel. Yeah. Just because I feel like short stories, you just naturally feel... The rises and falls. It's a, it's a bit more of a selfish thing, I think. Short story. It's a bit more literary than than the commercial novel. Yeah. So what I tend to do um, is I'll write about five or six words that will be um, kind of like word association. So if it's like the at sea story, I'll write Lilo. This is what I think I did write: Lilo eyes, uh, sunburn, uh, cornetto. <laughs> like just like random words like that, and then that that's all. You kind of need then because from there yeah, like yeah. the the image the images are already sort of poking into your mind ready to go mm. yeah i'm recycling a story idea that we originally had for when we were putting together project dan yeah and turning that into a bit of a short story so that'll be one to look forward to yeah so yeah. um yeah man so what else so okay so i guess we could talk about the comic-con oh yes tomorrow yeah, well, it's the day after tomorrow, no, but Saturday. Yeah, are you going? Yeah, to that's quite right, tomorrow then. I am. I'll be going straight after work and seeing an old uni friend. Okay, cool. I'll be uh, I'll be arriving in Nottingham around six o'clock ish as well. Okay. Yeah. We we'll have, we'll have to catch up after this and see where we are. Yeah. What's going on? Um, but yeah, it should be good. Um, because this will be our second Comic Con. And I think that we're already planning to do a fair few more during 2018. But I think Comic-Cons are just... I know we briefly touched on this before in previous episodes, but I just think they're fantastic. It's, it's more of a social thing more than anything. It's nice to actually interact with people who might be interested in your stuff. It's good to see and talk to other creators. And I know that a few people that are going on Saturday are people who've had on the show, so it'll be nice to meet them in person. Um, it's a good chance for us as Hawk and Cleaver to catch up because we barely ever get a chance to actually all see each other yeah um so it, it should just be a good day yeah so it looks like it's um gonna be quite big the last comic we did with link on that's kind of like yeah. a smaller affair i think this is going to be a fair bit bigger there's a lot yes. more independent presses um like small press comics companies um who are you know a similar sort of level to us are going to be there so it's going to be interesting to see what other people are making and what they're doing and how they're selling and we've got like we've got like a, a shit ton of books now like we've got so much more yeah. stock and stuff to sell. We've got the El Marvel comic, we've got like extra print stuff, we've got the other stories book, we've got three novels between us. Um <laughs> and then is it I think it's three or four more on top of that to sell. Um As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. 
So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, it'd be really interesting. Yeah, because I think the last time we went in, we each just had a couple of novellas. Yeah. Um, and then it was mostly just selling our personalities. But <laughs> yeah. this this time, I think, yeah, I think, um, to be fair, the Lincoln, because it was that smaller space, I was a lot more involved in just talking to people and trying to like sell a bit more. But I think I'm quite excited to just wander around the Comic-Con and see what other people are up to and just just networking, really. Yeah, and there's... Um... There's people who are going to be there exhibiting. There's like Mark Lamming, um, Jay Gunn, people who've got like, um, you know, working for Valiant and they've done work for Marvel. I think Mark Lamming actually did the the Marvel comic adaptation of The Force Awakens fairly recently. So there's like people that, that are there that are kind of, you know, doing the big stuff. So it'd be interesting to see, maybe have a little chin wag with them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And like I say, just seeing the guys as well. And it's, it's, it's not too far from where it's not yeah it's not too far from where we all live as well so it'll work and we get to see duncan duncan everson yeah oh no duncan muggleton muggleton sorry yeah yeah, yeah. duncan muggleton yeah he's one of our patrons and backers he's uh he supported us from the get-go really just just our all-round favorite person in the whole wide world so duncan if you're listening we're coming for you yeah <laughs> yeah it'd be interesting we'll yeah. have to do like a post comic-con re- like report as well just to sort of let people know how it went yeah it'll be cool um yeah just just for anyone because i know that i mean <laughs> i know some people listening if they are interested in comic cons will be thinking that maybe it's the best way to go and sell stuff i don't i don't hold a lot of hope that we're going to sell loads of things tomorrow we did okay last time um but mostly it is just about getting involved with other people seeing that community and just raising a bit of awareness of who you are yeah, um, yeah. Yes, it, it was just be interesting because I know that at the Lincoln we had was it one or two people come up to us and say that they they listened to the show. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if anyone at all comes tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I think they will. I think I know, um, especially because we've got, we've had previous guests that um, that are going to be there. It, yeah, there'll be people there, and um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's always a little bit nerve nerve wracking, like we work so much like behind computers it's gonna be so interesting to see i don't know get out there a little bit more and like be, like breathe like i don't know, be out there breathing air <laughs> do you know what i mean like uh <laughs> and being able to like talk to people about the books and, and not try and work out best the best ways to sort of pitch them to people so what so yeah, what, yeah. What, what are you going to say when people come to the table you're behind your man in the desk and someone says what is it that you do what are you going to say to them we are Hawk and Cleaver, a digital story studio that deals in every medium under the sun. We write horror and thriller and sci-fi fiction, and it's just perfect for any of your daytime requirements. Nice. That's uh, that's, 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 that, that's pretty that, good. So, yeah, that's, better, that was the that's a lot better than I can do. I'm going to say, <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to look at what I've got in the in their hand, like a book if they're holding, or if they've got like a t-shirt on, or if they've got cool hair, and I'll try and strike up a conversation about that, and I go, ah... You seem like a horror person. <laughs> Take a look at <laughs> Deeper Than the Grave, a horror novel. I like try and push him that way. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think know. we did that last time. Was um, we would open up with is it, is it book? Is it film? Is it comic? And and uh, although we didn't have El Marvo then, I know we were doing a bit of advertising for it. Um, but I think that's one of the cool things is we have something for pretty much most entertainment mediums now. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, I mean, um, just having a stack of books there is going to be interesting to see because I don't think any of it is a Comic Con. So we're going to have like one big stack of comics and then the rest of the table is going to be packed with books. So I'd be interested to know how many people will be, they'll come to the comic and go, oh, what, what's this over here? These are our books. Do you know what I mean? I wonder how many people are going to be actually interested uh, against like, how many people just won't give a shit. They're like I'm, I'm at a yeah, comic con, yeah. I don't want to read. <laughs> I want some pretty pictures. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, when I went to London Comic Con, I'd go around the bookstores, but... Was there, that's was, not... was there a fair bit of books there? I mean, there wasn't loads. There were um, about three or four stands, maybe, of um, a couple of authors pushing some stuff. Um, but it's still nice to just talk to people and, and have those conversations. Yeah. Plus, I don't think Comic-Cons are particularly completely comic-focused anymore. A lot of them are... It's no. like, it's like uh, nerd culture. Genre yeah, it's culture. culture definitely. Yeah, Yeah. Are you dressing up? <laughs> Uh, I'm wearing. I'm going to be wearing clothes. I don't know about. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. No. I feel like that's a requirement. No. Uh, I don't know. I'd like to wear a Hawking Clover T-shirt, but we don't have any. We'll get some. We will. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. Um, yeah. No, I'm going to wear. Um, I'm just going to wear what I wear every day. Just my my normal trousers and T-shirt combination, and a winning <laughs> smile. Oh, that winning smile from Luke Condor. Yeah. Knock your boots right off. <laughs> um, <laughs> so coming back to a bit more about productive writing stuff for people that might be listening. <laughs> okay. I've got a question for you. Yeah. What in the last few weeks maybe or months have you been reading or listening to or finding is helping you with your inspiration, motivation, and productivity? What What are the things at the minute that are, are keeping that fire fueled for your writing and everything else that you're doing? Hmm, very interesting. I think um, in terms of reading, the, the thing that like, really inspires me the most, I think John L. Monk said this, when he reads good writing, like good fiction oh. writing, it kind of inspires him to go and, and start writing himself. And I think I've been, I've been reading a, a shit ton of fiction this year. And um, I think that that for me, like when I read some like decent writing, it really does inspire me. It makes me, it's kind of like reminds me of why I, why I love prose in the first place, why I love fiction in the first place, and it makes me kind of think, I want to do that. <laughs> I want to go. And, <laughs> I want to get some of that. At the minute, I'm reading a book called, funnily enough, The Ruins, not They Ruin, uh. The Ruins, but um, it's fucking amazing. Like it's so good. It's incredibly yeah. dark. It's yeah. So they made a film of it, but the film I don't think it was. It might be good. I've not seen it, but not many people are rating it too highly. But the book is about these um, backpackers in Mexico. Uh, one of their, their foreign friends' brothers has gone missing, and they go to these ruins to try and find him. And then when they get there, there's like, uh, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but there's like these vines, this plant that, that sort of uh, gets into them. And, oh, it's it's really terrifying. <laughs> but there's, there's no chapter breaks in the, in the, pro, in the, in the writing. It's just, and it's just, it's like really taut prose. It's not particularly decorative or anything, but it's just so, it just pulls you through. You just can't stop reading it. I think I've read about 400 pages in the last, I said I was a slow reader last year, 
But I've read 400 <laughs> pages in um, the last three days, which is, I think it's fairly, fairly quick. Yeah. Just because the way the, the way they're writing it, and I was reading that, and I've been really looking forward to my writing. Every single morning, I read, I read some of that and I go, I can't wait to start writing. Yeah, so just yeah, reading, I, reading good prose is it, it works wonders. I think that's what I need to start doing because I tend to wake up and go straight into my writing. But if I fuel myself a little bit first, yeah, that might. But what about listening and nonfiction stuff? Nonfiction. I know you listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, uh, nonfiction. I listened to the audiobook for "The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck" by Mark Manson, which was oh, nice. which was really good. Um, it's really, it's it's kind of like an anti self help book. So he talks about how like positive thinking it uh, just makes you um, accept no, like bad things around you. Like um, a lot of negative thoughts when you're sad, it's there for a reason. It's a change agent to make you sort of get up and do something. And that was really great. That was um, actually like one of the best self help type things I've read in a while. Oh, listened to in a while. Um, podcasts i've been listening to uh shockwaves which is blumhouse.com's horror movie podcast i really like that uh this is horror that's uh what he interview horror authors that's quite fun um self-publishing podcast still uh-huh. and um that's about it really for podcasts tim ferris show i listen to a lot um just had richard branson on that was quite an interesting interview yeah, I actually listened to that one yesterday. Did you? Okay, that's cool. Yeah. You couldn't not when it was like Tim yeah. Harris interview, Sir Richard Branson. Yeah, I really like Richard Branson. I read the, I read his biography, Losing My Virginity, um, years ago. And I think that's one of the books that kind of made me want to start dabbling in, uh, like, you know... Entrepreneurialship. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not like uh, to the point of like, wanting to start an airline. Maybe not that... No, that big, <laughs> but like to the point where it's like, just you know, stick your neck out a bit and um and start trying stuff out, and that's at least more fun than um than just sort of accepting your your day job and and just never daring to to, to do anything. I mean, for me, I re- I listen to that interview and I think, how can I implement that entrepreneurial spirit into into my writing and my creativity? And I think about like, okay, so how can I make a how can I do what Richard Branson did for airlines, but for filmmaking for like Keith, I kind of feel like I can do something different. That's never been done before there or in, in, in podcasts and audio dramas and stuff. And I feel like Richard Branson is a really great example of the kind of person who will just look for, uh, interesting avenues and they may not all work. In fact, the majority of them don't work, but like if you keep, keep like stumbling forward, you'll eventually find something that, that does work. And like for us, the other stories, we never planned, the podcast to be so successful but we stumbled upon it and it's working really well so i i, I really enjoyed that podcast i found i listened to that today actually it was really great what about you yeah um it, fiction i need to get back onto reading um something because i'm at the minute i'm dabbling a lot with non-fiction stuff for um decluttering your mind and just kind of putting yourself in zen because I have to wear so many hats during the day. I'll wake up, I'll put on my writer's hat, I'll go on to work, I'll put my work hat on, I'll come home, I'll put on my father hat, in the evening I'll put on my partner hat. Because I'm swapping into so many different modes all the time, I'm trying to just make sure that I allow myself time to stop and reflect as well, so that I don't kind yeah. of go nuts. And it, you, It's very easy to kind of become overwhelmed. 
Um, I don't. I've found that I've tried, but I've never really got it consistently. For me, it feels like just another thing to add to the to-do list. Um, but I do feel like in some ways it could be helpful, but also I've just not found a medium that works with me because I don't really want to handwrite. Yeah. Um, and at the minute, my laptop's broken. So in terms of oh, I'd yeah, have to physically yeah. go to my study. This is why I sound so shit. <laughs> I'd have to physically go to my study and, you know, it's finding a regular fiction in the day to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm open to stuff like that. I've just not really kind of gone into it. Um, so at the minute I'm reading uh, a book called Declutter Your Mind, which is all about just sort of prioritizing. Again, again it comes back to that kind of rock principle. Yeah. Um, and what's the other one I've recently read? It escaped me, which is awful. Um, no, it's completely gone out of my head. <laughs> which is what, ironic. Um, what about podcasts? Your, your mind is too decluttered. It is. Um yeah, so I'm I'm kind of binging on Tim Ferriss at the minute. I'm absolutely loving some of the stuff he does, and I'm very much looking forward to his book coming out, um, which I think is in a few few weeks. Tribe of Mentors. Yeah, okay. Because um, I, I feel like have you have you heard about that one in some of his previous episodes? No, um, I thought the last one was Tool Tool of the Titans was the um, the last one I knew about. Yeah, that, yeah. meaning to get, but I kind of feel like I listened yeah. to many many of the episodes, and a lot of that one is just like the text version of those interviews i think yeah well this one is it says here it's released on the 21st of november and it's basically um he's got over 100 super famous clever amazing experts to share secrets of success happiness meaning and more um but he's made a point on the podcast of saying it's all stuff that's never been said before on the podcast it's all different people's beliefs yeah it's got like tony hawk in there dustin moscovitz it's got serena williams it's got who else have we got? Ben Stiller's in there. Drew Houston, um, which is a Dropbox co-founder. Just loads of people. So I, I, I've really gotten into just picking up that stuff and just seeing how other people do it. Because I, li- I like hearing the real stories behind people's success from the people who's had the success. Yeah. You know, um, one book that I would totally recommend as audiobook or as a physical book is Arnold Schwarzenegger's autobiography. Um, Total Recall. Yeah. It's the most insanely inspiring book because a lot of people don't realize like how like the kind of place Arnold came from like the kind of the, the training regime he, he used to do and he sort of made himself this sort of the world's um the world champion bodybuilder when it wasn't really a thing and he moved to America yeah. use that leverage that to sort of move himself to America and he, he didn't he wasn't making any particularly decent money but a lot of people don't realize that he was a millionaire through making businesses um well before he was a film star like yeah he didn't make his money from films although i'm sure that sort of helped later <laughs> on but like he was um one of those kind of people who he is a machine like ser- the way he sort of like sets down like a target of what he wants and like nothing <laughs> nothing gets in his way like it's, it's like it's so inspiring he just kind of makes, yeah, makes yeah. you feel like i wish i was that sure-minded like it's like because he said when he when he makes a decision it's like changing like it's like changing the steering directions controls of like the titanic like it it takes a slow time to sort of find you know the course and and course correct but once he's got the uh where he's going in the direction in like it it's gonna nothing's gonna move well the titanic's not the best example like a big 
boat. <laughs> but nothing's gonna stop the ti- nothing's gonna nothing's gonna stop the Titanic. It's too big. It's, un- <laughs> it's unsinkable. It's unsinkable. Yeah. She's gonna keep going. Yeah. Apart from that but iceberg yeah, thing. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, just stuff like that. I mean, I, I, I'm really interested in sort of non-fiction stuff, but I also I want to get thing thing. I want to read more fiction at the minute. But the, thing, the problem I'm finding is I really enjoy reading fiction in paperbacks, but it's so much cheaper to do it by Kindle. But then yeah. Kindle doesn't grip me as much as a paperback does. No, I know what you mean. I've gone com- so I've, I've gone completely paperback, and this like two years ago I was completely ebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, something weird about it. It's just nice to have like the pages in your hand and, and to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then outside of those, um, my 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 only other really favourite podcast I'm listening to at the minute is the Petal to the Metal with uh, oh, Jay yeah. Thorne and Rachel Heron. Yeah. Still listening to that every. Um, it's just refreshing. It's a nice little palate cleanser every Wednesday. Twenty minute episode from two very very different authors about um, just author life and the stuff they're getting up to. Yeah, yeah. Jay's a good guy as well. I don't know, Rachel. Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, I think I want to sign up to her, her mailing list so I get like creativity essays every now and again. But I, I don't really nice. read them. I get a lot of newsletters that I don't really read. I've signed up to a load to sort of get an idea of what kind of thing people do. In I their, did exactly marketing. the same. Now he's got yeah. so many, I'm just like, I don't, I don't have time. People are so different as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There doesn't seem to be like a standard. There's somewhere it's lots of images. It's all very pretty, and there's some which is literally just block text. But then the people have thousands of people on their mailing list, so I'm not really sure what what that says. Where is it? And like in um in the comic book world, in terms of like independent comic books, it's all about the newsletter. I think Warren Ellis yeah. set the standard for this, where it's like a weekly newsletter. And I've kind of taken this aboard, and not quite the same extent, but where it's like a weekly update of. Uh, of stuff you found, so you've been listening to and, and that kind of thing. And now I've signed up to a few other independent comic creators versions of that newsletter. And that's, that's, I, I quite like that. Cause it's like a little, I really look forward to those emails more so than the, the marketing emails from authors that I get. So the author ones I get yeah, yeah. tend to be uh, either like a free book or like, you won't believe this. Generally it's like, it's like trying to get me to read Trying to, it's, yeah, I can yeah. feel that the, their fingers like reaching out of my uh, mail application, trying to pull me to open me, open me. But like, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, like a newsletter, like Warren Ellis's newsletter, Ryan K. Lindsay's, um, John Lee's, all these comic creators, I give me like a nice little weekly insight into their life, and I really just, I just like to see what they're reading, what they're thinking, what they're working on. Yeah. I just find it really interesting. Yeah, I think that's something that it's been on my list to do for ages is to actually get into the habit of doing something similar weekly. Cause I think I, I completely agree. I think it's, um, it's a good way to show the person beyond the stuff that you're trying to peddling. And if people like you as a person, they're more than likely just to invest in your stuff because they want to support you. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. actually there's like a lyric from just a song that I'm really, really fond of. Um, which I didn't really understand when I first heard it, but I completely get it now. The lyric is, the best kind of marketing is marketing that doesn't feel like marketing. Yeah, totally. And it's just like, yeah, you don't you don't ever want to feel like you're being targeted and stuff like that. If it's, a, it's, if it's just a, a bullet email that goes out once a week where it's just like, hi guys, these are things that I'm finding interesting. And then people can decide whether or not that's interesting for them. And I know that if whether you're an aspiring 
created to the same thing that you've signed up to or whether you're just interested in the process mm. you get a nice insight into people's minds beyond simply here is a book yeah yeah also it's, it's nice um it's a nice practice uh as a as a creative person um i can't there was a name for the, the type of journal that they used to have um in in the olden days in terms of colleges and i think it's like in rome and stuff where they used to have um like a weekly uh public uh journal and it's like a public update and it's like they're putting their research out there testing out ideas and it, this is essentially what the newsletter is because it's like you you what you're talking about what you've watched what you've seen what you've taken note of what you've been reading and sort of digesting it to the point where you're actually having to put a bit of thought into it so if you watch the film and you want to quickly talk about it in your newsletter you have to think what is it that i like about this what didn't work or and a lot of times like you're kind of consuming stuff so you're consuming um tv shows binging and that kind of thing but you, it's kind of just going straight in and straight out do you know what i mean like you're not really thinking about it that much you're not really digesting it and, yeah, and yeah, having yeah. a newsletter kind of forces you to do that a bit more mm. yeah i think it's a good practice to get into um i also feel like we should definitely do an episode on newsletters one day yeah definitely yeah we yeah we've not done that but yeah i mean um obviously there's the, the, there's the two types of newsletter and the um the sort of more like the sales letter i guess you'd call it a bit more i'd, I'd like mm. to get better at the, the sales type of letter i don't, I don't know i <laughs> find it difficult to write those yeah i think we kind of just take that almost light-hearted approach that's quite cheeky and, and jokey um which I think fits into the style of what people expect from us anyway. Yeah. So I, I, I don't feel like, I mean, what, what is it you feel is missing? Is it? I just, Cause uh, I feel like they're quite effective at the minute. But yeah. Obviously things can always be improved. I mean, I don't, I don't think we, I don't think we said, I don't think like a, a hab, like a ritual. Like, I don't know. I kind of feel like with the newsletter, it's like once a week, just write one once a week. You know what I mean? It's, it's this habit, um, this ritual of doing it, but, with the sales newsletter, I kind of feel like there should, there's, there's no plan. Like it's just, I don't know. It just feels more like it's um, there's no sort of schedule. It seems a little bit um, off the cuff, a little bit improvised, and as yeah, a yeah. read it. But maybe that's how it should be. I, I don't really know. But it'd be nice to talk to yeah, someone yeah. Who, who knows a bit more about that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll see who we can find. Yeah. Cool. Come on. Um, so we are starting to come on to the hour. We pretty much been sh- chatting the shit it's been quite fun uh shooting the shit chatting the shit whatever else you yeah. do to the shit we've done it <laughs> we've done it in this hour <laughs> leave that shit alone <laughs> okay uh but uh have you got a big whoop for us we didn't do it at the start of the episode oh i feel like i had one and now i don't have one um have you got one well i was gonna say the ruins book which i've been reading because it is really great but i would say the Good Place on Netflix. Um, the first two seasons are up, or at least season one and a, and a bit of season two. This show, it didn't look like my kind of thing. I didn't had no interest in watching it at all. Um, it's got Kristen Bell, Ted Danson. Um, Kristen Bell's died. She's in The Good Place, which is like the the heaven. Uh, but then at some point she finds out um, that she's not who they think she is she was a bad person uh not particularly evil but like just a, not a good person and she doesn't really be- deserve to be there and it's all about like um her trying to k- 
keep your secret and also try and become a better person to sort of fit into the good place. But then it's it's full of twists and turns and it's Kat um, put it on and then she said, I think you might actually like this. And she, she put like one episode on and I was like, this is really good. I found <laughs> out that the, the show uh, runner is the same guy who did um, who did Parks and Recreation, which is a show I love, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine, yep. which is another show I love. It's the same guy and he's, he's done free for free. All three of these shows are so good. And The Good Place, it's on Netflix. It's, I definitely recommend it. It's really good. I have to check it out, definitely, yeah. yeah. I wasn't a huge fan of Brooklyn. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I think, by that- the, yeah, so it, Brooklyn Nine-Nine's a weird one as well because the first season, I wasn't completely into it. And then the second season, I don't know what happened. It just got so funny. It's almost like they sort of found the characters a bit more, found the voice yeah. of the characters. Yeah, Sam- Sandberg, right? Andy Sandberg. Um, yeah, because yeah. I love him in The Lonely yeah. Island. Yeah. But for some reason, I just found his character really, really over the top of night. Yeah. I don't know. But, maybe like, maybe it it's, for you. I don't, it's definitely worth at least trying some of the second ep- second season episodes because the jokes are just they're just so funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Okay, so my my big one is going to be something a bit more. I think mine's quite dull, but it's something that's <laughs> definitely helping me this week. Um, actually, the last couple of weeks. So, uh, I've I've played around with loads of different ways to try and keep organised with uh all the cleaner stuff with work stuff with different things um and i've really really started to invest time in using asana to try and make things easier to manage and just stay on top of the different things i need to do um and i feel like the last week or so i've managed to just about crack something you, that's working for me you, just you with, nailed it yeah yeah just the different styles of how you can set up boards and manage projects and stuff but um yeah using it at work using it at home and it's it's really really manageable um it does a lot that the other sort of um productivity suites do but does it all within one and i'm finding new little secrets about it every day which is always kind of beneficial so that would actually be my work cool cool i will um just quickly add another work if that's okay um yeah channel zero i think we might have talked about the first season um yes but the second season is out. The first episode is free on YouTube. This show is um, it's the only show that's really creeped me out twice. Like to the point where I'm like, like a, a nerve to the point where I'm struggling to sleep a little bit because I just can't get this sort of this imagery or these sounds sort of out of my mind or these these scenes. Like there's a couple. Um, it's just a really scary. Like it's so much better than American Horror Story. I think American Horror Story was kind of written in Boggle. Like whoever wrote that <laughs> wrote the sort of the story structures for those, just they kind of go all over the place. Whereas Channel Zero is a really focused, focused story. You care about the characters. There's character arcs, and the scary bits are so terrifying, like gen- genuinely oh, terrifying. So I, I recommend that for people as well. Sweet, we'll have to check that out. Okay, um, so thanks to the listeners for listening. Um, I haven't got my notes, my little script here in front of me. Uh, thanks to Disaster yeah. Piece for the intro and outro music thanks to ACAS for hosting the show thanks to our uh, oh we don't have a guest thanks to patrons thanks to our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash walk and cleaver thanks to our audience I don't know, I don't know if you realise this Dan but both Alaska and Oscar have been um, my cat and my dog <laughs> have been sat here Oscar's been trying to um, kind of batting at the microphone has been trying to use it he tried to press the off button of the Mac um, <laughs> midway through so if there was a lull there it was because I was trying to save Safety the recording so thanks to those guys but thanks most of all to my co-host Dan for being a lovely person and thank you Luke for all that you do in life
Thank you. See ya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Story Studio Podcast. Still hungering for some podcast goodness? Then why not check out our other show, The Other Stories. Oh, and did you know, every time you leave us a review in the iTunes store, a puppy is born. Q-Day, anyway. Toodle pip. <laughs>